Good morning, Carpenter's Way. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Happy Mother's Day, babe. There she is. <laughs> uh, why don't you guys get up on your feet, find somebody and tell them good Good morning, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We wouldn't be here without you, so we're grateful. Do want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day and hope that you have a great time spending with your family 
And this morning, I'm very excited. This is going to be a great service. A lot of stuff going to be packed in this morning. But we're going to start our time off uh, with one of the favorite things that we do uh, for me, and that is to observe baptism. And this morning, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Josh Ferguson. Good morning. Uh, I'm sure most of you all know uh, me. I'm Josh Ferguson. I'm one of the missionaries that this church supports. Uh, and this is the church that trained me and sent me. And uh, so I'm excited to get to baptize uh, my sister in blood, but also my sister in Christ. Uh, baptism is a really wonderful thing that we get to do uh, as believers. Uh, it is our public profession of faith. Um, it's us joining in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, as Mark always says, this is an outward expression of an inward change. Um, baptism doesn't save her, um, but it is her way of um, being initiated into God's family. Um, and I think she wants to say a few words before we do it. Um, yeah, so, um, so I was saying when I was in high school, and, uh, and then there was, uh, and then whenever I got married about seven or eight years ago, uh, I was being drawn more to Christ and to learn more and to just, and to just grow. And, um, and so, and then becoming a mom, uh, it just grew stronger. And uh, so I just want to raise my boys like that. And, um, and also I, I pray daily for strength because I have a two and three year old boy. So <laughs> it's, you have to lean a lot on God. <laughs> so uh, so I, I wanted to ask Josh to do this for me because uh, he's the one that, that I go to um, whenever I have questions. And so, uh, so uh, it was very special for me to have, to have him do this. All right, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> sure, that's whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, based on your profession of faith, um, and from what I've also seen. Um, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All right. And now uh, our dad is going to pray for us. Thank you. It's a great Mother's Day. I get to see my grandsons. Uh, get to see my grandsons, Mom, baptized. Uh, let's all pray. Lord, thank you for the special day that Megan proclaimed her faith in you and, and uh, wants to live and, and publicly show her love uh, for you and what you do for her and her family. And uh, thanks for this opportunity to see my son baptize my daughter. Uh, but not only that, my brother in Christ baptized my sister in Christ. Um, I ask the church, we all uh, will help uh, walk along with Megan and help uh, encourage her. Uh, guide her, pray for her, pray with her, and uh, uh, celebrate with her. Um, and I also ask that she'll do the same with each of y'all. Um, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Dang, Phil, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> that was awesome. Man, what a way to start our time together this morning. Um, once again, welcome to Carpenter's Way. If you are a guest this morning, thanks for spending some time with us. And uh, as we always say, our, our hope is uh, we want you to like us, but really our main goal is to point you to Jesus. And uh, we hope that you see that this morning in everything we do from our worship to our baptism. 
uh, to a little bit later on, our family dedication. Uh, and then as, as Chad is going to open up the word for us in a little bit, uh, we hope that you really get a glimpse of who God is and who he wants to be in you and through you this morning. Uh, if you'll take your worship guide, there are 550 announcements. I'm going to read every one of them, so if you need some coffee, go get it now. Um, do you want to remind you, if uh, you missed our family meeting uh, last Sunday, um, nobody resigned or got fired that I know of. Um, I, I'm still here, so that's good. Um, but what we did talk about was uh, an exciting new renovation uh, and just some upgrades on our current facility. Uh, and if you were uh, unable to join us uh, Sunday morning, uh, you can look out on the table in the lobby. There is uh, a packet that will kind of tell you more about the proposed renovations that we're going to be doing uh, and the funds that we need to raise to do that. And so please make sure you pick that up. If you have any questions uh, about any of that, you can talk to uh, any of the elders, and we'd be glad to talk to you about that and share uh, and answer any questions that you might have. Very excited about that. Uh, and so we're just going to trust that God is going to provide um, in his time to do that. Um, we are rolling closer and closer to summer, as unbelievable as that might seem. Uh, and you may notice in there a red card. Uh, it is time for VBS. Uh, that will be happening a lot faster than we realize. So there's some information uh, about our children's VBS as well as our pre-school uh, VBS. Uh, also, there is a uh, summer kickoff for our women's ministry. You'll note in there, uh, movie night at the Pines. Um, I'm going to flip the page here. Uh, MOPS tomorrow, which will be the final meeting uh, of this year for a MOPS. So if you're a mother or preschooler, uh, please take note of that. Um, preaching, can everything. I uh, do want to make one mention, one other mention. You'll notice Sunday, May the 27th, uh, we are excited to have Richie Fike and uh, his wife with us. They'll be leading worship that morning and then be doing a uh, worship concert that night. And so you want to make sure you mark your calendars. Uh, as well as next week is our senior recognition service, and uh, that's always a fun service to do. And, uh, and so if you are a senior graduating high school, let me clarify, um, and you have not turned in your information, um, then you're not one of my favorite people right now, but you can still get that stuff in to me today. So if you have not turned that information in, please get that to us today. You can get it to myself, Mark Dubos, or Melissa, and uh, we'll take care of that. All right, I got through that relatively quickly, I think. Well, let us pray together. We're going to ask our ushers to come forward as we receive our offering this morning. And uh, we do just want to encourage you that if uh, Carpenter's Way is not your home church, uh, we don't expect you to give. Uh, that's the responsibility of those uh, who call Carpenter's Way home. Um, and so I want to pray for us as we get ready to receive our offering this morning. God, thanks so much for this morning. And, and what a way to start our service. Uh, seeing a brother uh, baptize his sister. Uh, and that's just an incredibly incredible picture, and we're grateful for that. And God, this morning, we do want to recognize our mothers and celebrate them for the influence and impact they've had on all of our lives. But God, as we open our time now of, of receiving our offering, as we continue to worship, and then as we open your word in a few moments, God, I pray that you would speak to us today. I pray that you would encourage us today. I pray that you would challenge us today. God, most of all, I pray that you remind us of just how absolutely in love with us you are. God, we give you this time and we give you this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So earlier I told my wife, Happy Mother's Day. My mom's sitting next to her. Sorry, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> sure, I'm going to hear about that later. So let me go ahead and clear that up. <laughs> 
After the offering passes, if you guys want to stand and worship with us, you're more than welcome. Again, 
One name is higher. One name is higher. One name is stronger than any grave, than any throne. Christ exalted over all. The only Savior, Jesus Messiah. To you alone, our praise belongs. Christ exalted over all. To you alone, our praise belongs. Christ exalted over all. Yeah. Amen. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So we're gonna sing this song, Boldly I Approach. Um, in a little bit, we're gonna be looking at a passage of scripture, spending some time talking about uh, God being our Father. So I don't do this very often, but I'm gonna ask you to stand. The song basically is just telling us boldly we approach the throne and what we just read. We have a father. We have a high priest that is there pleading for us.
himself his perfect spotless righteousness oh a thousand years a thousand tongues are not enough to sing his praise oh and holy I approach your Consider all 
boldly approach your throne and we, we declare, Lord, that you are God. It blows us away, Lord, that you would invite us to be part of your family, but over and over throughout Scripture, you invite us in. You tell us, Lord, that before the foundation of the earth, you decided to adopt us, and somehow that gave you great pleasure. And so we rest in that this morning. We praise you. We glorify your name. We ask, Lord, that you just be lifted up this morning and just speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Y'all, I'll tell you, this day just keeps getting better and better. Start off honoring moms, and I hope you got your chocolate on the way in. Moms, if you did not, make sure you stop and get that. Uh, baptism, awesome uh, to, to witness Megan being baptized by our brother. And then now we'll uh, continue on in our service with family dedication. And I just wanted to explain before I call the families up, we have three families that are wanting to dedicate their child to the Lord this morning. I just wanted to share with you what that means. And um, actually, it's not for the child's salvation. At, at a point when that child recognizes their need, their sinfulness, then they'll make this, that decision, decision to accept Christ on their own. So them coming forward to present their child and, and get a gift does not mean that that's not for that child's salvation. Actually, what that means is that the mom and dad are like, y'all, please pray for us. We want to dedicate our children to the Lord, be good stewards of the children that you've given us. Please pray for us. So that's what we call it a family dedication. Not only are they dedicating their, their child, but themselves to honoring God and, and being godly parents. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to share with you. The second thing, you know, we as parents, we do lots of things for our kids, right? Even adult kids, we still do lots of things, right? Which is a wonderful thing. Um, we clothe them, we, we feed them, we transport them here and there. Boy, we're doing a lot of that here lately. Um, but let me just urge you, the, the best and most powerful thing you can do for your child is to pray for them. And uh, when I was pregnant with Micah 18 years ago, a godly woman in our church where we were serving at the time recommended that we get a... Uh, little flip index card you know it's spiral bound at the top and as we were reading through the bible to write down bible verses that were meaningful to pray that for our children and so i've got 18 years worth of verses uh in here that i pray and flip every so often and pray for our kids and i just wanted to encourage you with that my favorite scripture is luke 2:52, and you think well how do you pray that for your kids well you just substitute in your child's name so Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So you say, Father, I just pray for Finley, God, that she would grow in wisdom, in her love and knowledge of you, uh, in stature, let her grow tall and healthy and strong. See, see, it's simple, very easy, just to substitute your child's name in in that verse. And so that's how the Lord has led me to pray for our kids, and the Lord has led Jeff to pray in other ways, other means, but one is not better than the other. They're both equally as important. So not only with your, your baby Bible we want to give you this morning is also your own little index card that you can start your own scriptures on and uh, writing things down so you can pray daily for your kids. So um, we've got three families that are wanting to participate this morning in family dedication. So I'm going to call Clayton and Tyler Pavlik up first. Our brothers, I think, coming too. Awesome. And so we have sweet little Finley, Finley May. Yeah, just stand right here on the floor. This is Gavin. Big brother Knox is over there. Jeff, would you mind? <laughs> 
Miss Finley was born in January of this year. And y'all, the, the Pavliks have, have been a part of Carpenter's Way for about 10 years now. Grown their family here. Y'all, I still have Tyler's name in my phone as Alverson. So that's how long she's, I haven't changed her name yet. I probably should do that. <laughs> Dad says me too. Um, so they are dedicating Finley this morning um, and just requesting that your prayer for their family. And um, they're part of the Shift Bible Study class, Children's Ministry. As you can see, they've been here for quite a while and very rooted here. Uh, security team. So we are so glad to, to welcome Sweet Finley into our nursery. Um, and then we have Joshua and Allie Ferguson um, and their son, Levi. The blue one. <laughs> and you're welcome to stand here also. Now, Josh has been a part of Carpenter's Way for quite a while, and Allie, I know, got here as soon as she could. They are actually, as Josh was explaining earlier, part of our missionary team that we um, help support, and they uh, work with crew military in the Chicago area. So um, they are part of the Navy Chapel there, and when they come to Texas, they are here with us. But they, um, and when they're not on base, they attend the uh, Christ Church in the Chicago area. So, and little Levi Scott was born March 2nd of this year. Precious thing. And um, y'all, each of these has a God story. I don't have time to share you, with you their God stories, but y'all ask them. God has done powerful and amazing things in each of these families. So we celebrate that today. Um, and uh, last but not least is little Miss Emma Grace Todd Barnett, who's being dedicated today by her. Her parents, Trevor and Amber Barnett, talk about praying. Big sister Adelaide is standing here with him. She's a prayer warrior, y'all. She prayed for a little sister. <laughs> they were told that they would not be able to have children again. But, you know, God kind of has his own plans. Have y'all discovered that yet? <laughs> he knows what's best and has plans. And so they are wanting to dedicate their precious one, Emma, this morning. Um, and so, y'all, let's give them a round of applause. So this morning, as Alicia has already said, one of the things, one of the reasons we call it family dedication is, is because it really is a, it takes a family. You know, you can't, obviously a child can't make it on their own. And as they get older, you realize they still can't make it on their own. And even when they get out of the house, you still realize, they finally realize they can't make it on their own, right? Um, one of the things that Scripture tells us is that children are a blessing. And, and if you guys who already have children, you, you understand that, that they really are a blessing. And it's an incredible, incredible journey that you guys are on. But that journey is also comes along with an incredible responsibility. Um, it's not just to have your kids like you as you get older. Um, God's called you and set you aside to be parents, specifically of your children, for a reason, because God has a plan and a purpose. And, and Scripture tells us in Proverbs that, that we're to direct our children on the right path, and when they're older, they won't leave it. And that's always been an interesting verse to me, um, because I, I, I've never really known what that really means to direct my kid on the right path. I mean, I, I do everything I can as a father, and we do everything we can as parents. And I was reading in Deuteronomy this week, Deuteronomy 6, it says this, that we must love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. 
Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. In other words, live out your faith in front of your children. It's one thing for you to tell your children they need to love God, but it is a whole other thing for your children to see you love God because that will have the biggest impact on their lives is when mom and dad set the example. And as a church, our responsibility to you is to help you be that example, to love you, to encourage you, to come around you, to laugh with you in the great times, to cry with you in the tough times, but to be there as a church family because we all need each other. And so this morning, I want to ask the families uh, to come, come down, surround your children and grandchildren, and then elders that are here this morning, if you would come down and surround these families. And I've asked Clay Alverson, who is one of the grandparents, to come and to pray for us this morning. So families, if you'll come and surround uh, these babies and these families and elders, if you guys will come down as we pray together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for these babies, for their parents and their grandparents. We ask that uh, uh, you, would, you would just hear their prayers. Uh, families have brought these babies here to dedicate them to you, to get, dedicate themselves to raising them, to honor and glorify you. We ask that these children would walk with you from an early age, that you would draw them to yourself. We, we know, Lord, that you knew them before they were knit together in their mother's womb. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we ask your blessings on them. We ask your guidance and direction, your wisdom on the parents and the grandparents and the aunts and uncles, the brothers and sisters. Father, help Carpenter's Way also to, to lead these children, to love them, to gently correct them when they, when they need a little of that. And Father, we just love you, and we praise your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go, man. second to make it back to their seats. All right, well, good morning again. I don't, uh, I don't get to do this very often where I lead worship and then preach and um, so it's a little bit of a, an interesting morning for me, a lot going on. So uh, I'm going to try to focus and, and see if we can get through this. Um, so this morning, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Josh. Um, this was his one chance to choke, slam, baptize his sister, and uh, he totally whiffed on it. <laughs> we were joking about it this morning. I was like, How's, how much is too much time to stand or hold her under the water? Uh, <laughs> Got to make sure, you got to make sure we totally get it, you know, totally get it submerged. But anyway, what a morning. Uh, like, like Alicia said this morning, uh, sorry, just a sec. 
What is it? Can't hear me? How's that? Better? All right. Um, yeah, as Alicia said, you know, we had the worship, baptism, baby dedication. Now we get to open God's Word together. It's just a, it's a, what a great morning. And as you know, uh, obviously this morning, Pastor Mark is, uh, is away on vacation, a much-deserved, uh, much uh, well-deserved vacation. And uh, just a little side note for that, pray for him. I know you guys do. I know you, uh, you pray for him pretty regularly, but um, he has a lot on his shoulders. Um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, he's carrying the weight of a church of, I don't know, what, 700,000 people? And uh, that weighs. That weighs on you after a while. And so uh, I know the elders have been on Mark for a while to get out of here, uh, get on vacation, take some time away. And uh, he finally, finally did that. So just a little rundown over the next few weeks. Uh, I will be preaching, obviously, this morning. Next week, uh, Jeff's going to do his token don't be stupid message. Um, if you've been here in the past, it's basically it's a graduation Sunday. It's like, hey, we've taught you guys a lot of good stuff. Now, don't be stupid. So um, that'll be a great message. And then in two weeks, I'll be preaching again, uh, finishing up kind of what we're going to start this morning. So uh, Mark's been taking us through. Uh, as you guys know, that's what it looks like. And uh, it's been such a, I want to say good, <laughs> a good series, but at the same time, kind of a, a frustrating series because as we're going through it, I'm seeing a lot more of Saul and Chad than, than David. And uh, there's some frustrating things there. And you're like, man, I thought I was a little farther along. But when I start seeing some of how Saul reacts and how he, how he moves, some of it's like, man, that's, that's really me. I don't want to do that, but honestly, that's probably how I would have reacted. And, uh, you know, so stay with us. David's going to get a little bit more like Saul as he gets older. So <laughs> maybe we can all relate to David as we're, as we're going along. So obviously we're going to step away from that, and we're going to spend some time this morning looking at a passage of Scripture that I guarantee uh, every one of you in here knows. And so um, even if you're not a church goer, if you're not even a Christian, I would, uh, I would guess that you probably kind of, you know this prayer and where we're going. So it's found in Matthew chapter 6, uh, and I know just by saying that, some of you Bible scholars already know where we're heading. And uh, so if you'll turn over there, uh, get out your Bible, get your phone, um, and as you start to turn there, you should see some kind of a headline that reads something about prayer. It, uh, it may say the Lord's Prayer, it may be say fasting and prayer, something like that, but there should be a headline right there that says something about prayer. And that's where we're going to be this morning. Um, and then, like I said, in two weeks, on the 27th, we're going to finish up uh, what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And uh, it could be and probably should be called the Disciples' Prayer because over in Luke, we have uh, this same prayer. And one of, the, says one of the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, how do we pray? And then so then we have this famous prayer of Jesus telling us, uh, basically giving the disciples a model, giving them kind of a template. And so I've uh, actually... Uh, titled this the disciples prayer and so changing up a little bit so that's what we're going to call it um, over these next uh, couple weeks that I have uh, in Matthew this falls in the middle of a couple chapters that you guys know very well called the Sermon on the Mount and then right here in the middle of the Sermon of the Mount we have this uh, we have this five scripture prayer and um, the Sermon on the Mount gives us some great teachings some things that I know you guys know well uh, the beatitude salt and light anger divorce everyone's favorite, turn the other cheek. Do I need to change mics? Is that bothering anybody? We good? Okay. Uh, yeah, so everybody's favorite, turn the other cheek, which we're all really, really good at. Um, 
But all these great teachings, and then, like I said, right there in the middle, we have this teaching of the five verses of prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, sometimes, you know, things are so well known that uh, we can kind of lose their meaning. Their meaning, you know, you can kind of start checking out because you've heard it so many times. So, this is an example. I grew up playing sports. I'm a huge sports nut. Um, you can ask anybody that knows me, my family. Uh, growing up, I lived and breathed sports. Uh, I don't know if I would have got through high school had it not been for athletics. Uh, getting through second period, the only way I got to it was like, okay, lunch is in an hour. And then coming off of lunch, I was like, I got two hours to athletics. And then I can go, I can play, and I can have some fun. But in our football practices, every, every day after football practice, coach would tell us to take a knee. And so this is when he would kind of go through and kind of tell us, uh, you know, what we're, what we're working on, what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, uh, maybe the upcoming opponent. And uh, we would always end practice with the Lord's Prayer. And so it would go something like this. This is the New King James because this is how I, this is how I grew up. My Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, the wind of be done. All this is heaven. Super fast. Let's get this over with. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I want to go home. Let's just get this over with. And maybe you kind of have a similar story of that, that you hear it over and over and over and over and over and over again, and it kind of starts to lose its meaning. It kind of start to, starts to lose it, its, its oomph, so to speak. Um, and there's a few things I noticed as I studied uh, this model of prayer, and I hope to, to share those with you over the, the two weeks that I have. And, and with that said, I want us to start by reading Matthew 6 verses 5 through 13, and, and this is the New Living Translation, so it's probably going to sound a little different than, uh, than how you grew up, or how you learned it, or how it's tattooed on your brain. So if you'll follow along with me, starting in verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. And don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the, from the evil one. Some of your older translations that you guys probably grew up on has the, the at the end there, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, and that's probably how we all kind of grew up. Some of the older versions have it, newer versions don't have it. You can go study of why that's not there. I won't get into that. Um, so what we have here is Jesus setting up the prayer in verses 5 through 8, and I love how he approaches the heart of prayer right off the top. So verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them, and I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So when you pray, not if, but when. And as you read through this, uh, these people who are basically putting on a show, we all know someone that comes to mind when we read this verse, Right? We all know somebody, we can visually uh, see somebody in our heads that, that we have some experience of them praying like that. So what we're going to do is we're going to pass a microphone around and you're going to start telling me who they are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, somebody would get their feelings hurt in here because maybe you're that person. Maybe you're here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, 
the people who try the hardest to put on a show and be seen doing spiritual things like prayer, what they're really trying to do is convince you, convince us, make us believe that they are righteous. The people who try the hardest to put on a show and be seen doing spiritual things like prayer are really trying to convince you and make you believe that they are righteous. And Jesus tell us, tells us to not be like that. Jesus actually calls them hypocrites. And as you notice from the prayer, the New Living Translation is a little bit different than how you grew up, right? Different translations have different ways of translating things. and uh, we'll, They'll translate things from the Greek into the English, Hebrew, whatever. And sometimes they'll take some liberty. Sometimes they'll just, you know, there's a different way of saying it. Maybe there's just a different way, a different word that they can use. What I found interesting is that pretty much every translation that I studied said, don't be like the hypocrites. They could have maybe used different words, but apparently it was, it was very clear. It was very clear. Don't be like the, the hypocrites. And I thought that was very interesting. The idea is don't make a spectacle. Don't try to sound spiritual. Look at their reward at the end of verse 5. It says, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So the recognition they're getting from man is all the reward they're ever going to get. The reason that's all they're ever going to get is because their prayer isn't really to God. It's really to man. It's really for man. Remember I said a little earlier that they put on a show and they do all these things because they're trying to convince you that God loves them. They're trying to convince you that they're, that they're cool with God. So they put on a show, and the recognition that they get from you is the only reward they're going to get. So, what are we to do? Verse 6 tells us, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So Jesus tells us, go to your room and shut the door. Not really. I'm pretty sure you didn't use that tone. It's not a parent going to their, telling their kid, go to your room, shut the door, be quiet. This is Jesus telling you, go to your room, shut the door, pray in private. It's not about impressing any, anyone with your, your eloquent prayers, with everything you know. Have you noticed some of those people that pray and they, they uh, kind of go on and on and they use scriptures and they just kind of, just, it's kind of like they're trying to show you how much they know about the Bible, how much they know about God. And meanwhile, you're kind of falling asleep while they're praying. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those people just kind of go on and on and on and on. So, Jesus says something very interesting after he tells us to go into the room and shut the door. He then tells us, then the Father will reward you. So, just shout out some answers here. Why do you think our Father rewards us when we go to our room and shut the door? It's private. Okay? Anybody else? Why would, why would he reward you when you go into your room and shut your door? What would you say? It's sincere. Okay? Anybody else? Obedience. Okay? That's what he told you to do? Okay? Anybody else? It's personal. What'd you say? Focusing on him. Okay. Anybody else want to jump in there and add something to that? It's just the two of you. Wow. That's, uh, that's kind of where I was heading, just a little bit. Um, what I wrote down is because then it's, it's just you and him. 
when you go into the room, you shut the door, you're in private, it's just you and God, and you're there because you want to be with him. You're there because you want to hear what he has to say, and I think you can see the difference in the heart of these two individuals. One says to man, look at me, I'm super spiritual, God loves me. The other says to man, don't look at me, Father, look at me. Father, look at me, Father, hear me. And I hope I think you can see those two differences pretty clearly there. Jesus goes on in verses 7 through 8. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. When we get away from everyone else and it's just us and God, there's no need to babble on. There's no need for fancy words or you know, that change in your voice that people do. Our Father God. You know, that change of voice, you know what I'm talking about. We're praying to our Father. We're praying to our Father God who knows us better than we know ourselves. So you can leave your fakeness, you can leave your, leave your pretentiousness at the door. He knows you. He knows the stuff that you'd rather not talk about. He knows the stuff that you try and really good at hiding. He knows. He knows. And in our young adults Bible study that we do on Thursday night, we've been, we've been going through Romans, and uh, there's a joke that we're never going to get through Romans because there's just so much there. And we've been in chapter 8 for a while, and we just finished it up uh, last week. And there's, there's something there at the end of Romans 8 that I want to show you that I, I think relates to this. So if you want to turn over to Romans 8, verse 26, I'll give you a second to get over there. Some pretty cool stuff here. You can read along with me, Romans 8, 26 and 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Cool. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Listen to this, 27. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So, before you even get into your room, before you shut your door, before you get on your knees, before you lay out, whatever you do, whatever your stance is for, for prayer, before you even get there, we have the Holy Spirit praying for us, and it's not just any old prayer. It's not just some random prayer. It tells us here that he is praying in harmony with God's own will. And it also tells us that the God, that God the Father knows what he's praying and then, just a few verses later in Romans 8, we have the picture of Jesus interceding or pleading with us, depending on which translation you're using. So we have the Holy Spirit praying according to God's will. We have Jesus pleading, interceding for us to the Father. He already knows. He already knows what you need. He already knows who you are. He already knows exactly what you need. So, in light of all of that, in light of the fact of you're going to your room, you're shutting your door, you're praying in private to a God, to a Father who already knows exactly what you need, to a God who is concerned about the details of your life, Jesus starts the prayer like this. Look at verse 9. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So again, using the New Living Translation, and maybe... Your version, or like I said, the one that you have tattooed on your brain uses the word hallow. Hallow would be thy name. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So I want to see what does hallow mean? That's one of those words that you don't really use very often. That's not a word we just go around throwing out there. So what's the definition? What does hallow mean? Hallow means to honor as holy or to make holy. So New Living Translation translates it as may your name be kept holy. So I don't believe that Jesus just flippantly throws this prayer out. So like I told you guys in Luke chapter 11, we have the disciple that comes to Jesus and asks him, like, Rabbi, teacher, how do we pray? I don't think Jesus is in the moment saying, oh no, I wasn't ready for that. What should I say? How should I start this prayer? Should I start off with God? Should I start off with... I don't think he was caught off guard. I don't think this was something that he just flippantly threw out there. He's not... He's not shooting from the hip, so to speak, here. I think there's meaning. I think there's deep meaning in the words that he uses. And he starts with our father, not my father, which we probably would have been cool with, Jesus the father. He starts not with my father, our father. And something that I think is really cool that I kind of discovered while studying for this, uh, there's not one record of a Jewish person, a Jewish rabbi, a Jewish teacher in all the Old Testament, uh, any of the, you say, extra-biblical uh, teachings, all the way up to, I think the, the latest thing we probably have is somewhere in the early thousands um, A.D. There's no mention of anything in there of any person addressing God as Father. So just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Jesus was the first to address God as Father. That's one main reason why they wanted to kill him, because Jesus is putting himself equal. He's putting himself with God as his Father. And I believe in all but one of Jesus' recorded prayers, he started every prayer with something along the lines of Father, our Father, something like that. So I think there's one prayer that he didn't. And I really just want you to stop for a second and think about that. So throughout all of Judaism from the very beginning from Moses all the way up no one had ever referred to God as father and yet here we have Jesus being asked how should I pray and he starts with our father in heaven that's crucial that's a big it's a big deal that's a very 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 big deal Jesus took him from a kind of an impersonal God a God that's kind of out there and kind of, he knows what we're doing, he knows who we are. He took him from that God to a very personal God. He took him to family. He took him to a spot that he had never been before. So I'm going to get a little personal here this morning. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that most of, us, most of us in this room didn't or we don't have a great relationship with our dad. Uh, and I should say great, maybe it's not even... It's not the ideal relationship. Maybe it's not the perfect relationship with our earthly dads. And I would go out on a limb and say that probably, I don't know, what's a good number? 70, 80% of us in this room probably struggle or have had struggles with our earthly dad here on earth. And one thing we do is we project our relationship with our earthly dad onto our heavenly dad. So depending on your relationship, when you read this first line of our father in heaven, for some of us, it doesn't bring a very good image to mind, right? Maybe you had a neglectful dad. He just wasn't there. Maybe he took off. Maybe your dad was there, but he wasn't. 
You know what I mean? Like he went to work, he came home, got in his chair, and kind of just tuned you out for the rest of the day. So maybe he was there, but he wasn't. Maybe he was so busy that he didn't have time for you. Maybe you had an abusive dad. So when you hear the term, our father, something clicks in your mind of like, okay, well then maybe God must be like this, because this is the only version of father that I know. But our father in heaven is so much more than that. He's so much more than our earthly dads could ever be or want to be, and I know that sounds cliche. I know that sounds like super Christian-y, but it's so, it's so true. So if you're here and you struggle with the idea of a, a father God because of your relationship with your earthly dad, I want to invite you to go to our father and I want you to ask him to reveal himself. I want you to ask him to reveal himself to you as father. I would also ask that you read this with me and take it home and kind of study it, meditate on it, kind of let it sink in. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. You guys know this because Mark spends a lot a lot of time going over this scripture, but it's so crucial to where we're at this morning. Ephesians 1, 3, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Are you kidding me? God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So confession time. The hardest thing for me to accept is the idea that God wanted to adopt Chad. That somewhere before the foundations of the earth, I don't even know what this means. I don't understand how this works. But somehow before the foundations of the earth, God looks into future times and sees this weird little kid that's going to grow up in a tiny little town in Texas. And he says, I want to adopt that guy. I want to adopt that kid. Maybe you struggle with that too. Um, the idea that before time, before any of this even started, that God looked and said, I want to adopt them. I'm going to bring them into my family. And the crazy part, the crazy part of the whole thing is like I can maybe kind of accept that, okay, maybe he's got to adopt me just because that's kind of what he has to do. But it tells us that it gave him great pleasure. So think about that for a second. When you look in the mirror and nobody's around, the stuff that you struggle with, the stuff that you're like, man, I wish I wasn't, I wish I didn't have this, 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 and this. I wish I could just get over whatever. It's very clear here that he, he decided to adopt you, and somehow it gives him great pleasure to call you his kids. Somehow he, he gets great pleasure saying, Pam, you're my girl. Crazy. It's crazy, right? I mean, if God is who he says he is and he's as, he's as powerful and all-knowing and, and simply speaks and stuff just happens. Like he, he speaks words and, and trees grow. I mean, he speaks words and there's a cow. I mean, we have a God that, that's that powerful, that all authority, and he looks at us and says, Clay, I, I want to I adopt that guy. And it's going to give me some great pleasure. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's so crazy. If you have a great dad, go tell him. It's hard work. It takes a lot of sacrifice. I want to be a great dad so bad, uh, but there's, you guys know if you have kids, there's so many things that happen 
and they show you the worst of yourself <laughs> so many times because you react in a way and you're like, why? Why'd you do that again? Why'd you do that? That was so over the top. There was no need for that. You didn't have to go that far. You could have let her slide on this one. You could, you know, so many things. And you struggle with, if you have a great relationship with your dad, tell him. And since it is Mother's Day. <laughs> so as I'm writing this, it never really clicked to me that today was Mother's Day. I started a few weeks ago, and so I'm working on this, I'm working on this, I'm like, man, this is a good Father's Day message. <laughs> so if, if, if you have, a, or even if you don't have a great relationship with your mom, go tell her. It's hard work. It's hard work being a parent. There's a lot of things, like I said, you, you, you find out things about yourself that you just probably don't like yourself uh, that much, and so spend some time. Spend some time telling them how great they are. And again, Jesus starts the prayer with our Father in heaven. So we've talked about him being a father and uh, why he would start that and, and why he would have us uh, point that out and remember that. But why would he say in heaven? Again, I don't think Jesus is just flippantly throwing stuff out. I don't think he's just, like I said, shooting from the hip. I believe it's because we wrestle, we wrestle with this every day. We know deep down that there's more. So we get up, we go to work, we come home, we eat, we play with our kids a little bit, we go to bed, we get up, we go to work, we come home, we eat, we go to bed, and we get up, blah, 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 blah. We do the same things over and over again, and we have this very mundane, average existence 90% of the time, right? There's those moments in your life where you're like, man, that was a cool day. That was a great day, but in between those great days are just normal, mundane, just days. And I think there's a, there's a struggle in us because we know that this isn't it. This can't be it. This can't be it. There's a longing. There's something inside of us that knows heaven is where we begin. And so I think Jesus reminds us that our Father is in heaven and that one day we will be too. And when I start my prayers like this, it reminds me of what heaven will be like. It reminds me that this is just the pregame. Again, I'm a sports nut, so everything, all of my analogies are sports. But we live our life as if the layup line before the basketball game is all that matters. We live our life as though the stretches before the football game is all that matters. Like that's the big deal. And we haven't even gotten to the game yet. We haven't even gotten to the best part yet, but we put all of our practice, all of our effort into the fact that I'm going to make some layups before the game starts. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? And so I think this is just a, this is something just reminding us that you're not where you belong. There's something inside of us that knows. We know that there's something more. So if you'll read verse 9 with me again, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And this is probably just the worship leader or the songwriter in me, but this really sounds like a worship lyric to me. It kind of sounds like a, a line in a worship song. So Jesus starts the prayer with worship. He starts the prayer with, with adoration. So if I were to kind of translate this, this is kind of how I would say it. Father, you have adopted me and brought me into your family, and you are there in heaven where I belong, where I long to be. And above all else, before I get into what I need from you, which we will see later, I worship you and I pray that your name be kept holy. We start our prayers by focusing our attention and our eyes on him. We start our prayers with, with worship. 
putting him where he belongs. We go to our room, we shut the door, we pray to him as a father who already knows what we need. So what I want us to do next week, or not next week, in a couple weeks, uh, we're going to really get into kind of, I should say, the meat of the prayer. Um, There's some interesting stuff there that I've never really noticed, but we're going to spend some time there in a couple weeks. But what I want us to do in light of everything that we've just heard, go into your room, shutting the door, don't babble on and on and on, because we're, we're speaking to our Father who knows what you need. We have a Holy Spirit that has already been praying for us according to God's will. We have Jesus sitting at the right hand, pleading, interceding for us. In light of all that, I ask that you would read with me the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer. So if you would just read out loud with me, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Amen. Amen. Bible study will start in about 10 or 15 minutes. Again, guys, um, next week, Jeff is going to take us through the Don't Be Stupid message. Mark your calendars. Seriously, in two weeks, Richie and Dana Fike are going to be here. You guys are going to love them. They're going to blow you away. They're going to lead worship that morning. And then that night, if you have plans, break them. You want to be here at 6 o'clock that night, just uh, an hour long of just singing like crazy. So you guys have a great rest of your day. Happy Mother's Day again.